Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and so on. Hope everybody remembered to turn their clocks ahead. Are you going to correct me? Is that right? It's either spring ahead or fall behind, depending on where you're at. This morning's Dharma talk is titled, if I remember it correctly, if I don't, correct me, do you know what it was? Live your life, not someone else's. Live your life. This doesn't mean believe your thoughts or be impulsive and just do whatever you damn well please. I don't mean that. I mean, whatever's coming towards you, that's your life. Whatever's coming towards you, that's your life. If it comes towards you, that doesn't mean that it's something you see that is dangerous. You shouldn't run away. I'm not talking about being a foolish and bullheaded. I'm just going to live my life. I just have to be me and all that kind of baloney. No, I'm talking about uh, what I'm talking about is what is arising in your mind stream needs to be welcomed. For you see who you are, see what this is, see what this life is about for you. As far as we can tell, we only have one chance at this. We probably have lots of chances, but the problem is we don't remember all the other ones we've missed. Just the nature of consciousness and karma. So whatever is showing up for you, look closely at it. Don't make any judgment about it until you've looked very closely. This might take 30 seconds. It might take 30 years. But awareness, awareness, lead with your awareness. Lead with your awareness, not with your hope and fear, paranoid thought patterns. Not a good idea. In fact, it's a bad idea. But the illusion of control, the illusion of safety, comes through what control controlling things and who who is threatened who wants all this control the one who is worried about what's going to happen to me 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 and my stuff my ideas my life my mind totally avoiding totally ignoring the impermanence of everything everything is impermanent this whole thing is coming apart it's not nihilism it's just the truth everything that shows up is going away it might take 5,000 years for it to eventually go away. But even the pyramids are still pointing upwards. Some of them. So it's, live your life. And I'm a little biased here in that I say, if you are able to do that, if you can do that, if you kind of get the idea of what I'm referring to, you might need to train your mind that which observes, train the observer part of the mind, rather than the thinker, the concluder, and the, 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 that warrior aspect of the mind that wants to defend itself, wants to point one of its fingers instead of all of them. Live your life, not someone else's. This doesn't mean that somebody's input who is close to you shouldn't be considered. It should be, that's part of your life too, you should listen. Listen to what they're saying. When you say you want to be a monk, you want to move into a monastery, or say when you want, you want to join the Peace Corps, or if you, you don't want to be an accountant, you want to be a musician, or if you don't, you don't want to be a musician, you want to be an accountant, 
and your parents or your friends or your your enemies or whatever, whomever, is trying to get you to do something else based on their blindness, which they call uh, intelligence. I'm sure you all have experienced this in one form or another of someone, because this is the way people cover up their fear. So they don't feel afraid as they have opinions and ideas and judgments and, and conclusions about, 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 it's called opinions. We even, we even uh, validate that you're sitting in a Starbucks, well, maybe or you're sitting at your kitchen table or you're sitting on the porch, you're sitting in a park and you're saying, what do you think about that? Or what's your opinion about this? Why would you even, why would you even swap opinions with anybody? Why would you even have an opinion? You don't need opinions. You have to be free from what you know. If you're not free from what you know, you're a prisoner. Because the only thing you can know is relative truth. You can't know wisdom. Wisdom doesn't know anything but wisdom. So it doesn't know any other. It just sees wisdom. But it also sees it in the form of an illusion. What is this illusion? You're looking at it right now. This is the illusion. This is the dream that you think is real. How do I know? I don't know. I don't, I don't have a, a knowing aspect. If I had a knowing aspect, I'm so incredibly paranoid myself that I wouldn't be able to get up here and do this, let alone become a monk. I didn't get rid of the paranoia. You don't have to get rid of anything. Pretty good news. If you understand, don't believe it, but understand what I'm saying. You don't have to be somebody else. Don't miss your life. How your life may show up to you might be frightening. It might be against what your mom and your dad and your uh, brothers and sisters think you should be doing. But they, if they're interfering or meddling with your life at all, other than to, than to say, how are things going for you? And, and then actually listening to what you say. It's because they are terrified themselves. And they, they one of the ways you get rid of your own fear is to, Start evaluating, judging, giving other people on, on uh, requested advice. And some of that could be relatively, you could go in and chop it up into pieces and say, yes, you, you shouldn't be, you know, you have no ability as a musician, but you have a great uh, skill with numbers. You know, why would you want to be, you can, musicians don't make any money, those kinds of things. Why would you want to do that? Why do you want to throw away your wonderful ability with either way, either direction? Why would you want to throw it other way? Your dad was a musician or an accountant or a, a doctor. It's like a student of mine once said, uh, well, I, I'm not sure if they're a student or not. I never hear from them, but uh, they may be. There are different kinds of students. Said, why would you, why would you throw away a perfectly good uh, doctorate or that, all that work that you put into becoming that kind of, uh, to be a psychiatrist. Why wouldn't you be a, you know, like I am, a surgeon or a, somebody who does actual real things? Suffering, suffering, fear, fear. Fear of the father losing, losing control. Somehow this, one of my children is going to be a, like, like I felt in the 19, uh, after my father was killed in World War II at the age of 26. 
And I spent four years in the Marine Corps finding out what this was about. I managed to live through it. And then my son, one of my sons, says, who's not listening to me, so I don't think, uh, says, I, I want to go in the Army. Or no, I want to go in, yeah, I think it was the Army. Maybe he said Marine Corps. But I said, I don't want you to go. I'm telling you, don't go. And I don't know if he remembers any of this, but just go to, go to college, get a degree, put in whatever you want to do. Don't, don't go in there. You, they may, you may be asked to kill people. And he said, I know. I said, you're ready to do that? He said, yes. What am I going to do? Get in his way? It's his life. I didn't like it. I said, I don't have one request. Don't go in the Marine Corps. Because if you go in the military and you go in the Marine Corps and there's a war, those are the first ones to die. Those are the first ones to get the beachhead. So he, he agreed, he wouldn't go to the Marine Corps. Went in the Army. I think he spent 24, he's retired now, spent 24 years in there. But he's not missing his life from the point of view of this old man or this, uh, his dad. He didn't do something I, other than what? Based on my not wanting them to, wanting to control him. So don't miss your life. It's showing up everywhere, all that is showing up right now. I'm not here to convert you to anything. There isn't anything to convert to. I can continue, but if there's questions, we can do it that way, or I can continue to talk. We could probably talk for years. I don't do what I, what I preach. I talk a lot. I tell you guys to listen. Sir. Chazan Bang, is living our life something we have to learn to do or understand? Bowing. I certainly did. I, I was not living my life until I met my teacher, sometimes called a guru. Well, and by what was being missed? I was fighting with myself. I was fighting with everybody. I was fighting. I was at war with everything, myself. And I was terrified of what I might find out if I uh, looked within, so to speak. Could not stand it. It's too terrifying. When you're bowing, sometimes it's hard to get up the courage to do what we think our lives should be lived. How can we work with people who think they have the better idea? Just a little bit. Listen, listen, receive and listen to their better idea. Listen to them. Cock your head to one side. Interesting what you're saying. So you actually think I should become an astronaut rather than a, that kind of thing, say, inquire, say, yeah. hear them out rather than no, no explanation. Don't explain anything. Don't explain anything to anybody. Make them drag it out of you. Sit tight, watch what moves. And, and they will, depends on the relation. Then you'll find out what your relationship is, really is with that individual, that person, that sister, or that uh, close friend. Well, so when you say don't explain anything, is there, is there a way to talk about what we want without it being an explanation? 
Well, well, it's very situational, so it depends on what it is that you want. I mean, how that shows up, and how old you are, and what the relationship is, all the situational aspects of that that dynamic. You can be more specific, and I can be more specific. When you're bowing, I, um, it's more about how to not get into a war with those. Sometimes they're very emotional. Yeah. Situations. Just receive it. Yeah, people get, if they're being emotional, if you're being emotional, receive theirs, receive yours, receive your, your own wish or desire to respond or protect yourself or defend yourself. You know, don't defend anything. You don't need to defend it. Live your life. There's more there. Keep coming. Help me. How do we know when we are living our life? It might not come as conventional knowledge. It might it might come more as uh, just a, an understanding. You need to do this, and you, you have no explanation for it. You start explaining things. You start to cover up the very intention that was that was showed up in the first place to do that, to be a musician. You start to cover that up, and I'm not talking about being a successful musician. I'm talking about just wanting to live your life that way. If you start explaining it, you start to believe the very lies you're telling. And then you subvert or get in the way of the intention that was originally there, which is the genuine one. Oh, no. You said um, that you started living your life when you looked within. What was it about looking within? I, did I say that? Um, I said, you know, well, uh, I had the help of my teacher who said, I told him what was happening with me and, and he didn't, he didn't engage in any kind of discussion and explain anything. He just said, he said, keep sitting. And I said, yes. And he says, and I would tell him how difficult it was. And he said, you can do it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't discuss it at all. He wouldn't enter into my particular, uh, um, labyrinth of explanations and justifications and, and hopes and fears and hopes and fears that was developed uh, was showing up with me he just said you can do it and i i felt like saying what i need help here i don't need somebody just telling me that i can do it I need help so i didn't say that to him i just that's what i wanted to say and i've had people say that to me you're not helping me like you're helping everybody else. The last person that said that, I sent him away. He was to go somewhere else. I don't want to see you for a year. I haven't seen him since, so apparently they found out. More. What about, how was that living your life? How's what living your life? When um, you said that um, you didn't start living your life until you met your teacher, and then he's telling you to sit, um, train your mind. How is that living your life? You just you're not objecting to what's happening or agreeing with what's happening. You're not doing anything, or you're beginning that path. Maybe it's not complete, but you just stop fighting with everything, fighting with people's other other people's idea about what you should do, what you shouldn't do, living up to standards that other people set or society sets. Freedom from the known. Freedom from what you know. This doesn't mean that you don't know how to drive a car, you don't know how to um, peel potatoes. It doesn't mean you don't 
but you're, you're no longer a prisoner of your knowledge. Freedom from the moment. Freedom. You're liberated. And it takes a while. Go ahead. So then, did you in some way turn your life over to your teacher? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I don't think that's always required, but I certainly did. He did. I don't know if he knew it. I don't think he knew it. But yes, I. Because I, what had gone before was so intense and so difficult and so threatening to me. I didn't, I didn't have any choice. I did go to one before I met him. I did look into several other things, uh, various kinds of what self-help or do it this way, do it that way. Primal, primal therapy, I looked into that. I didn't do it, but I looked into it. Uh, I actually visited the Church of Scientology to find out they were insane. I was able to do that. I don't know how, but I could see that that was what was going on. Uh, you can sue me. <laughs> I don't have anything anyway. So that it's that kind of a it's a very individual, very situational, and and it's going to show up differently for different people. If you can do this without a teacher, do it. I certainly couldn't. I'd still be biting my own tail somewhere, regardless if I were even alive. But how about how is turning your life over to the teacher living your life? Well, it's not, you're not separate from anything. We don't know that. But the teacher, if it's a true teacher, we're not talking about a charlatan or somebody's trying to get control of you, of you or your, your pocketbook or your life or your body. Anybody, anytime anybody's trying to control you, you'll know that. Uh, talk to the, the people who live here. You're one of them. How much control do I exert over anyone? It's always a mutual, it's an agreement. You agree to be trained, I agree to train you. But I, there's no propaganda, there's no guarantee. You may be a monk for 30 years and still not realize your true nature. You still be fighting with your parents and your mind's reuniting it. But when you're bowing, I think you've said in other talks that. Um, you did what your teacher told you to do, what your guru told you to do, which was practice. Meditate. Were you hiding out from your teacher by not asking him, what should I do? Yeah. I could tell by what he had done with other people. And if you ask him what you should do, he would tell you what to do. I wasn't about to do that. What he told me was enough. I felt like if I can just just do this, if I can just practice and meditate and study the teachings with him, uh, then that's going to be enough. I don't have to go and move to Boulder and live in his community or be part of his uh, Dorje Kassam uh, or become a, yeah, you don't have to do that. The, the community was irritating enough as it was, this particular song. <clears throat> We have a very non-irritating song. <laughs> when you're bowing, I know this is speculative, but had you been closer to your guru, would your training have accelerated? No, it might have slowed down. Because being close in that particular situation with this particular person in that particular situation, I really needed to, to, I needed the help, but I needed to do this myself, by myself. I needed to do it myself. So I needed to talk to him some. I didn't need to move in and be a, a, a social gadfly around him. Shoka, 
Shrokabhai, with the title of the talk, Live Your Life, Not Someone Else's, um, how did you know that that was just enough for you to end your relationship with Joe I don't know. I waited for him to see if he was going to tell me what to do. And he didn't. He, 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 perhaps, a speculation, but perhaps he saw that I was going to do this. I don't know what I said to him, but I said quite a bit. I wanted to make sure that he had a, a few times I talked to him, that he had a strong picture of the negativity I was dealing with. So it wasn't particularly a confessional, but it was just a description of what was happening in my mind stream. And I'm not going to tell anybody else what that was. I can't even, to this day, won't tell anybody what I told him. But it was pretty intense. And all he said is, you can do it. He was not frightened by, by what was the contents of my mind whatsoever. That helped me a lot. It's like, okay, maybe I can. But it was also like, what do you mean? I, don't, I, don't I need more help than this? Uh, just, you can do it? But you're going to tell me to do this or start doing prostrations or start anything? You didn't tell me anything. Even though I eventually did those practices, but years later. Shrobang, it seems like in my own practice, if I were to do something similar, that that would be a form of living someone else's life. So what's the... Speech? It would be for you, but I'm a lot better than you. You need a different kind of practice, a different kind of teaching situation. So you're here, uh, as long as I have your permission, I will help you. And if I don't, then I don't. I won't chase you down or say, what's wrong? What's wrong? Did I, did I teach you wrongly somehow? I hurt your feelings? Something like that. Is that what you're asking me? Am I just inventing things? Am I what you said? Sure, Kind of difficult for me to put what I want to know out of that in the question. Okay. When you get to it, let me know. Yoga Do. Yoga Do It's kind of a two part. How does uh, living your life look in the context of the Bodhisattva vow? Mine or yours? Anyone's. Anyone's. Yeah, if you've, if you've received the vow, either Either you're receiving it without even formally taking it, which is a, it's not as strong, I don't think, but it's still possible, or you do it through receiving precepts formally from a, a transmission from, a, from the Dharma, a lineage, from the lineage holder. And lineage is very important. Sangha is, this is a very important part of it, which is not, doesn't show up so much in other areas of this, someone talking about the same thing, about seeing reality. Very important to include the lineage, the Sangha. So it would be different for each person. Some people, as you have, you, you're fully ordained as a monk because you were able to do that. You found a teacher and you decided to do that. You could continue to function without receiving vows at all. 
responding to your question in a way that's helpful, or do you have more? I know there's another part. Governor Bowing, um, it, it seems like we don't even have our own life if we've taken those vows, that it doesn't belong. You never had your own life. You never had your own life. Nobody owns anything. Just the illusion is that I have my own life because of my hands can do this and stir the cauldron. I'm doing this. I'm the one who's going in and taking a dump. Me, not somebody else. Nobody can vote for you. Understand? <laughs> the other part of the question was about how often say be genuine. I do. If you are being genuine, is that living your life and not someone else's? Even though it may look at times may look tragic or difficult or that particular passages that you have to go through might be challenging. This is why it's uh, helpful and important for us as students of this ancient teaching, 2,500-year-old tradition, to save all beings, put others before ourselves. And you can't really do that unless you're work of seeing who this is. So until we've seen who this is, are we just pretending or? Fake it till you make it. Kind of thing. Yeah. No. No, you're already there. You just don't know. Already awake. Nothing sleeps anywhere. Nothing's ever slept anywhere. This is an illusion. Everything is completely awake. Don't believe anything I'm saying. Don't believe it. We don't need belief. This is how belief looks. People who believe anything. Raccoons who believe anything. It's blind. It's blindness. Freedom from the known. A question from Ken in New York. If resistance is arising, how is that non-welcoming welcomed? This question is a constant frustration moment by moment. Read that again, please. If resistance, if resistance is arising, how is that non-welcoming welcomed? Just, just your awareness of it is enough. You, I can tell by the question, you're already doing it. You're just second guessing yourself. That's why the question comes up. And I'm telling you, that's just continue to do that. Notice the non-welcoming. It's not separate. Ultimate nature is right in front of you all the time. Don't miss it. A uh, question from Semi in Portland. Semi. My feelings get hurt when I have conversations with my mom who struggles with trying to control parts of my life and judge my choices. Sounds familiar. <laughs> How can I avoid getting caught up in my ego response? Get caught up. Get caught up. Don't avoid. Don't avoid anything. Get caught up. Feel that. Feel that. Get caught up. Watch, be, be aware of getting caught up rather than fighting with something you haven't totally uh, seen deeply. You haven't seen what you have not observed the getting caught up part. Instead, you, as soon as it shows up, it's like a whole hand and all you're seeing is one finger. And you think you have control of the whole thing. All you're, all you're seeing is part of that. 
and you're already retaliating. You're trying not to get caught up, trying not to lose ego. So look at all the fingers, especially this one. Look at all the fingers. Look at all, look at all aspects of getting caught up and, and being totally caught up in it. So then you can understand the fundamental way that operates in terms of those three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance. And you can also see the way in which your mom, I'm guessing here a little bit, is probably completely fearful about losing you, losing her connection. She's living her life, trying to live her life through you. So therefore, she's trying to get you to do things. She, you know, listen to your mom. I know I've been around longer. I know stuff. You should do this, not do that. Whatever may show up that you're alluding to there. And so just receive all that. Be uncomfortable. Don't don't cave in to the temptation to want to cover up the discomfort by some fundamental plan that will save the whole thing or some kind of meditation or medication or anything that's going to cover up. Just feel that. Feel the texture of that. Live your life. Don't miss your life. Be the person that, that other people are trying to stop you from being. And you are buying into that in some way and feeling that you even you are starting to cover up who you are because of the need to push away people who are trying to control you. This is why it's such a powerful thing. If if you in your life see uh, meet a true teacher, that person won't control you, won't take charge of you or tell you what to do at all, but maybe someone that you can get some fundamental help from. And what is the fundamental help that I say to, every, to everyone? Train your mind. I'll help you. Jim Shibowing, is living our life different than living the life we think we should be living? Probably. The life we think we should be living, the one we never get to, like living on the beach in Sarasota. Some other kind of idea, ideal. How do we see what our life is outside of what we think it should be? I think it's uh, to the, the momentariness is un, uh, no other word for it. The momentariness is where it shows up. Momentariness is if you're disagreeing with anything that's showing up in the mind stream, because the the the, the projection that there is an extension called time uh, in, into the then. In other words, uh, when that happens, then this will be okay. When that happens, then I'll have this. Well, when this happens, then. Or go back to the then in the past. Well, back then, I did this and this and that was wrong and I shouldn't have done that. Then, well, everything you've done has been perfect in terms of karma. The problem with that is it, it's circular. And if you continue to, to follow that same patterning, you're going to be back. You'll be born in Houston. You'll be raised by uh, whatever, raised by two people. And and then you are tied into their karma and they're tied into yours and cause causes and conditions that just keep coming and going and they keep including us in some kind of otherness that looks like separation that you have some kind of freedom the world is full of this free will stuff robert robert Bowling, what does um, um freedom from knowledge look like so you know things but you're not imprisoned by it you know all kinds of things, but they only uh, they only uh, operate situationally when that knowledge is relatively actually needed instead of using that knowledge 
to contain yourself and give yourself some kind of artificial protection based on the belief in a personal in person in a personal self that is endangered or personal health that needs personal self that needs to be respected or personal self that needs to have a credential or needs to be successful relatively successful passion passion grasping greed you want something else you want something second noble truth of the Buddha the first one is suffering the second one is you want something else you don't like this you want something else even if it's just a subtle thing it always has movement towards other towards other success success or staying away from failure more how do we reduce or how, let me rephrase that how do we increase um our awareness or cultivate an area in which we can improve our quality in that in ourselves sitting meditation return to the cushion is the main uh, that's that's the main place to return to begin with let's train your mind sit down and meditate and out of that may come the need to relate more closely to the three jewels the buddha the dharma the Sangha, or the teacher the teaching in the community some people can do this without and is there one more successful than others? I, that's something I can't particularly comment, comment on because it's too complicated. So, but train the mind, get get to the cushion. Something in front of you can be a tree stump, can be a the back of your uh, 1955 Chevrolet. I know we worry about reading the nice license plate numbers over and over again. But anyway, it's just find some kind of stillness, some kind of lack of movement and watch the movement that keeps getting projected onto that screen of the mind. And so that you can eventually see the way we continue to fool ourselves, cheat ourselves, based on, we're so fearful we'll actually give ourselves a raw deal, of a bad situation, rather than actually see the truth, which is there are no separate beings anyway. It's not a belief. It's not even a conclusion. It's always been there. It's just that you see it, you awaken, or you see that you were never asleep. There was never a hand there in the first place. You just projected onto things based on fear or hope. Is there a texture or spatial recognition to that, that you can kind of get awareness of? Yes, it starts out with just the wall. And then, then your thoughts come about something somebody said to you yesterday that they maybe they didn't mean it, but it sure sounded like they did the texture of that rather than it's right or it's wrong. It takes a while to go into the texture of, a, of an intense emotion and feel the quality of anger. I'm expressing anger. That's not acting, by the way. That's, that's actual anger. Anger. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to express that. That's anger being expressed. This is anger being felt. No one there. No one there. Never has been. You've always been liberated. Stop ignoring it. it. Might be impossible for you to do this just out of listening to a talk, listening to an old man talk about something might be necessary for you to actually find a true teaching. It doesn't have to be this one. Very few people can tune into this frequency. And I'm not looking for followers. I'm not going anywhere. Shukavai, 
when you can express anger so immediately like that, I can also express uh, laughter. <laughs> Does that seem real? No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny at all. Go ahead. Um, before you hook that up in vocal cords, is that um, present in your awareness? It was the vocal cords. Not separate, not separate, not separate. No, this is the vocal cords. Liberation means that nothing is, is uh, nothing is separate anymore. So therefore, the, uh, the separation that you see is is uh, a self-existing. Everything is accessible. I'm actually in the, the vault in Fort Knox right now. I don't care about money. But everything's available. Everyone's mind stream, not their thoughts, not you know, what a boring thing to do is go read people's minds. Who needs that? All you have to do is see the nature of mind, and you realize there are no separate beings anywhere. This is not a belief. I don't believe in that. I don't particularly believe in anything, including Buddhism. Kelly, darling. Oh, sorry. Kelly, go ahead. Yesterday, you said to not do anything with it when I asked you a question, you know, just receive it. And I went as far as I could. And then I remembered you'd also said to me before that sometimes you have to bite back and not be so agreeable. Um, and I bit back yesterday <laughs> and I, I'm. You draw blood? Maybe it, <laughs> you know, and in my situation, they're not used to that for me. They're used to me receiving and me bending. Um, and I know that this circularity that's going on may come up again in this process. <laughs> so how, how do I listen to you with both receive and sometimes you have to bite back? Bowing. So I'll go back to the freedom from what you know, or freedom from the known, freedom from knowledge. Don't carry a... a a carpet bag around with you full of all of your ideas, your knowledge. And I know you're well educated. You're a counselor. You work with people's uh, emotions and, and their lives and their situations all the time. You're doing that with yourself. But just come out of the spontaneity of the present moment. If you're training your mind, and if you're 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 re I don't know what you call re uh, rescheduling whatever's happening in the mind stream. For just you just comes in the door. It's like you take all the locks and, all, and open the doors, and everything gets to come in. You're no longer threatened. So whatever comes in in your situation uh, is you see it so clearly that it it, it shows up. I think you're already doing that. Uh, you're already, but, but the, the fear about it is maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm hurting somebody. Maybe I don't have to do this. And this this kind of a labyrinth of uh, self-deprecation, congratulation just goes around and around. There is no relative proof for this. So that's why it takes what guts to do it, to be genuine. And so um, just what little I know you from the last year or so, uh, I don't think there's going to be any problem. I'm not saying that, that whoever you uh, took a bite out of isn't, isn't having some difficulty in blaming you for it, but there's probably no mind training there. So you're going to have to be the, the person who's training your mind, not 
trying to convince them of anything. They'll be all right. More, Kelly? No, not right now. Thank you, bowing. Further questions? Sir? Sometimes the actions and successes and failures of an individual's parents and grandparents yes. um, directly affect their own life. Yes. Um, and um, if one is trying to, let's say, try to like fight through or undo a failure that's directly because of someone's ancestors. Is that them trying to live their own life or is that them living an extension of like, their parents' life? I don't do too many. Uh, it's difficult to go in and uh, without getting pretty intellectual and and kind of discursive about the whole thing, trying to find out what actually is going on. I think that your question shows that that's something you're looking into. And I would say try to do it more with with awareness of receiving what's, what that is rather than coming to conclusions. As soon as we come to a conclusion about anything, I don't care if it's a historian, of course, perpetually uh, congratulating themselves on how pragmatic and how they're always just telling the truth about what happened. That's not as very easy to do. So I would, I would say, I'm not totally following how that's showing up in your life, but I would say uh, my response to you is train your mind so that you see clearly so that that starts to come together in such a way that you see the depth of it, the clarity of it, and the, and the apparent history of it in a way that is going to make sense to you on a way that you can't really explain to someone. You can explain it to someone in words, some kind of a, uh, essay on what happened. Uh, not that that isn't relatively correct, but the ultimate nature of, of that is missed. So train your mind. Nice show. Nice show, Bowing. Does communication require reception? The main thing about communication, as you've probably heard me say before, is about receiving. Some kind of production is going to is going to happen just out of the situation. So, so just just receive, just 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 listen, just taste, smell, touch, just think, just receive the thoughts that are arising. Sometimes the thoughts that are arising get difficult, so we want to abandon the thoughts for what the thoughts are engendering is emotions about something that go back towards the person that we were just listening to. If you're, if you're aware of that dynamic, then the, the personal self uh, that ha that is the communicator, the personal self that is seen as a receiver becomes not only blurry, but it, it starts to vanish because you're just receiving. You're finally, after all these years, you're finally receiving your life. You're finally receiving everything and everyone without uh, any kind of validation, any kind of uh, uh, evaluation. Uh, any kind of judgment or any kind of shutting down. So receive, 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 receive. Start practice receiving by looking at the wall, holding still and receiving your own mind. Until you can receive your own mind, no matter what shows up in it, uh, there's going to be issues, problems, more circularity. More? Nice show? Nice show, Bowing. I guess my question is more when we can tell that others are not receiving what we are producing. 
<laughs> this is, well, I can tell you, 100% of the time. <laughs> 100%. No one receives anything. Everybody's receiving their projection of what they think the person is saying. Anytime Juzan says anything to me, I just automatically go to what I think he's saying, don't I? Oh, he doesn't know. Wait, I might be wrong about that. So, because he doesn't know, then if you don't know, and then I don't know, and the knowing part is not knowing which knowing is the correct knowing between you, your knowing, and my knowing, then that must mean that we're imprisoned by our knowing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> uh, nice show. I got a big grin out of you. <laughs> nice show, Bowing. So I guess it doesn't really matter if the other person has yeah. any. Yeah. You you do your your responsibility is just to receive this world in the form of crazy people, beautiful people, confused people, suffering people. Just receive, receive. Be with all things. Be with all things. This is how you save all beings. You're not going to go in and, I mean, unless you're a doctor and you're saving someone's life, you're literally going to do that or a nurse or something like that. But the Bodhisattva path is about being with all things, no more separation. Even you can go to a mountaintop and do this. You can never see another human being do this. But, and you also can uh, uh, drive a school bus and do this. Be with all things. Including including the thoughts. This is how you learn to do it, is you just train yourself to just watch what's happening on your mind screen. Whether it's, uh, you don't even want to see my mind screen. That's, that's what I tried to show to Rinpoche, and, he's, and all he would say was, you can do it. He just wouldn't freak out. <laughs> Very irritating. When you're bowing, yes. so when that response that Rinpoche gave you, was that disappointing? Yes, at the time. That's all I had. Are all teachings disappointing? Yes. Why? Because they point away from uh, what we want, our desire, our heart's desire to be successful, to be beautiful, be, 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 be somebody, have some kind, have, get respect, all the other relative worldly dharmas, the eight worldly dharmas, look them up. How do, how do we receive that disappointment? Just don't object to it. Don't explain it. You don't fight it. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. It's going to show up as disappointment as long as, there's, as a, there is a separate being. Any, any remnants, any particles of the original me, 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 and my stuff, and my ideas, and and how wonderful I am, or how terrible I am. That's that's also ego. I'm terrible. I'm never going to get anything right. I can't do it. By the way, I always fail. Ego. Until one begins to train the mind, eventually, uh, and, and see, and eventually sees that structure. It's going to it's going to be the oligarch, the dictator in your mind stream that likes this, doesn't like that, and is not going to put up with this or that. Is going to fight, and will be. Right, no matter what, because we have an intense me, me, me happening in our mind stream. You don't have to do that. Trunk uh, Rinpoche, this two-word talk was be genuine. And another talk he gave, I wasn't there, but I heard about it, was smile. 
That was a one word. Unless you count the syllables. Other questions? Isaac Mallory, can there be mind activity that aren't thoughts? Mind? Yes. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, it's not thought pattern. It's just consciousness. Just con it's just awareness. It's an astonishing thing when the identity, uh, to say it very literally, when the ident identity, allegiance to thoughts and ideas and conceptions that protect us, when that when that is no longer happens, then there's just consciousness only. And then there's no personhood there anymore. The illusion of is, is, is there because there's still a body. There's still uh, still your ear that itches, or there's still you're thirsty, or you drink tea or coffee. You go, so somewhere and, it, you go somewhere and poop, which can be private, of course. Do that. But, um, there's, but there's no threat. Go ahead, please. So, like, I'm thinking in relation to the five skandhas. Right. Um, is perception mind activity? It's consciousness, so we, which we refer to as mind. Yeah, but, the, but the fourth uh, skanda, since you bring that up, the fourth skanda refers to that aspect of the mind that is processing and thinking, and and concluding and excluding, and that's that 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 continues to function. It just doesn't join in with the other ones to to form the illusion of a self that is so convincing. So there's still thinking going on. There's just no one thinking. There's still feeling going on. There's just no one feeling. There's still perception going on. There's still just no one perceiving. There's just the perception, if that. And the sixth sense fields and their objects, which are coming from the fifth skanda, as the fifth skanda, are also empty of what they appear, of how they appear, how they sound, how they smell, how they taste. And they all come back to a body that is also illusory, which is first skanda, or form. form feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness of the six senses and objects. These are empty of a self, but they don't go away. They're just self-existing. They're just thinking. There's just hearing. No one hears. You can hear much better if, if there isn't some kind of paranoid identity in the way of everything, interpreting everything. So you can't really smell. You have to, tell, you have to know what you're smelling. You have to know who did it and you know, why this happened. Complicated strategies, philosophies around everything. Teresa. Teresa Bowen. Um, earlier in your answer to uh, Yokodo, she you said that um, you never had your own life, if I understood that correct. And my question is, um, how do we then take responsibility for what is happening in our life? Bowen. You don't have to take responsibility. It's already there. You're already responding to whatever is there. So you don't have to take responsibility like some kind of blame or, or some kind of, it doesn't work that way. So just whatever's happening, that's it. Don't abandon what's happening for what you think it means or who did it or any other peregrinations around anything. Don't make circles. Don't make anything. Don't make straight lines. Teresa Belling, it seems that there's, I tend to abandon my life by saying, well, it's not my life. There's, I have no, nothing to say about it. What is it that I can do to 
the in-between to not just say, well, there's nothing I could do about my life. It's just happening. It's just karma. Selling. Don't do anything. Don't do anything unless you have to, which means you don't do anything. And then, then you'll see that something, if you're not doing anything, then because of causes and conditions, because of relative truth, because of the illusion that things occur and things stop occurring, then you, you actually are, are not missing uh, your life. You're not missing your karma. It might not feel that great. It might feel confusing. It might feel like, I don't know what the hell to do. You might, these spontaneous conclusions or commentaries might come out of the, the mind stream into, uh, you know, WTF. You know, it might come out just as confusion, but don't give up on it. Continue to return to the wall, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, as I know you do, and, and just watch what moves and notice that things, that the things that seem to be kind of rigid in place that you were kind of uh, handicapped with tend to change. They tend to kind of come apart. They might even reorganize themselves into different kinds of patterns or mat matrices. I think that's a word. Is that a word? Yuzan said that was a word, so I'm using it. So just, just watch the movement of it rather than try to find out what part of the movement is valid, what part of the movement is not valid, instead of looking up. Wulong, what did you just do to your hair? I've never seen a dragon do that before. It's how I wake up. <laughs> I'll have to start teaching that. We'll call it uh, hair ruffling meditation. Anything else, Teresa? Not now. Thank you, Bowling. Further questions? Yihong Bowling, thank you. You mentioned to uh, Winnie's question about your teacher. You did what your teacher said. And also when you uh, met him and you slowed down. What do you mean you slowed down, Bowling? I started sitting a lot. Sit doing sitting meditation. So that just slowed everything down. Well, it didn't, didn't happen the first week or even month, but over a period of several months, started to slow down. Things started to seem just not, not less painful or difficult, but just a lot more simple. And I, at the time I was reading Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, over and over and over. I'd go through it and then I would start over again and read it again. And I don't know how many times I've been through that book, but a lot. And we still study it here in the monastery every Tuesday night, I think it is, as a group. I think it's good to study as a group so that you can actually get ideas, help from other people of how they're looking at this material because it's extremely, uh, uh, it's extremely valuable, and one of the ways in which it's valuable is it strikes people in different ways. This material is very powerful. The three Lords of Materialism in the Structure of Ego is talked about in this book in a way that is, uh, I've never heard it done before. Yihong Baoying, on this path, it seems like um, as, on, as I go in deeper on this path, I see the separation from others, especially I do want to live my life. Yes. How can I see the separation? Um, Again, I think, uh, I think you're doing it. I'm not saying it feels very comfortable, but I think you're doing it. It takes time. You're, you're a young woman, it takes time. Keep going. Return, return, return. Don't maintain it. Just return to it when you 
when you go away from sitting meditation, when you go away from when you forget about Buddhism altogether, not a problem. And then, then you'll notice that you return to it. That, that way, that return is very, very fresh. And the freshness comes from being with whatever is occurring with who, rather than being a different person who's a meditator, who's a Buddhist, or who's, who's, who's some kind of identity structure is showing up. Just be genuine. Listen to people, especially to your, to your children and to your, of course, your husband, your, your in-laws, mom and dad. Just, just listen. Just receive. Sometimes it's really hard, especially if they're if they're if they're having a lot of struggle with their life and they're trying to shift the cow's load to the ox, they're trying to get you to be responsible for how they feel. And you're you're beginning to break through that uh, that misunderstanding that anybody else can pour emotions into you. You your consciousness has its own dynamic. No one can do that to you. If you're having intense emotions, they're yours. I don't mean yours as a person, but yours as a as a consciousness that uh, that is showing up in this body mind complex as a human being. You're not even we're not even human beings. We don't know what we are. I can tell you in a couple of words, but that may not help you. Um, so in an earlier question, uh, someone talked about um, form and feeling and the bringing about of consciousness. If consciousness is dependent on the uh, senses, then when this body dies and the senses become, you know, the sense organs don't cease to function, does the mind stream, does the mind stream just end? No, the mind stream can't end because it's never started. What starts is waking up in the morning, what starts is opening your eyes, what starts is smelling some incense, what starts and it goes away. But the mind itself, consciousness itself has no, uh, it's, it, it is not, uh, uh, it shows up as uh, the sixth sense feels in their objects. It shows up as thinking, but it's not limited by those. It's, uh, it can be chained if there's a lot of passion, aggression, and ignorance, then that particular human being will be blocked up by that or chained up by it. But no, when the body mind goes back into the elements, into, into the earth, into the fire, into the air. When that, when that occurs, the consciousness uh, is liberated. Whether, how, much, how much of the mind, how much of the confusion tends to tag along there uh, depends on how much uh, one has done to see what is true, what's fundamentally, ultimately true. That's as far as I can see, that's how it looks. I might, when I pass away, I might think, oh, I didn't realize that I was going to be, everything is going to be painted pink. Who knew that? I didn't know that. I could have told you that. More? Isaac Bellin? Yes. Um, do you see or know my predominant psychological state, Bowen? You're going to have to paraphrase that. I'm not, I'm not tracking what you're asking me about. Um, like in, I think it's in Myth of Freedom, cutting through spiritual materialism, Trunk that talks about how everyone has like a predominant realm of oh, the yeah. six realms. Yes. Do you see mine? Um, no. Or do you see it? No. But no. do you think it's something I should study or explore more? 
I think the main thing for you to do is uh, sit, which I know you've been doing, and then and then you could uh, you could contemplate those. Also, uh, I'm not trying to promote this by way of something you have to do, but but it'd be a good thing to study this material with people who've been studying it for years. Excuse me. Uh, join in with the Tuesday night group if you have time, and just you can just listen. People are reading this material. We we just. Every time we go through this book, we return and start over again. It's the only one we read over and over and over and over again. And I've been reading it since uh, we started, since I started in 1973 reading it. And in 1975, I started reading it with a group of people and haven't stopped. So um, I, I think uh, the way it shows up, I kind of follow what you're looking at there. And you, you know, people have a predominant they're a, a, a padma or passion hooked up in the emotions that way. And some people are very vajra, or if that's what you're asking about, are very intellectual and are very crispy as far as when you talk to them, everything is, has an intellectual dynamic to it. And then you contrast that with someone who is uh, who is very controlling. And then, then that person is will show up. It might not show up the first 10 minutes, but eventually you'll see that they really want to have control of everything. It's a karma family. So, so you can go into that. There's all kinds of material on that. I think, uh, uh, um, Kevin, aren't you writing a book about that? Or... <laughs> so I've read some of Kevin's book and I hope to read more of it. You should, you should, uh, um, can, you, can they pre-order that on Amazon or? <laughs> Not yet, but at some point, I think they have to decide how big it is first. Oh. Well, make it really long. People like really big, fat books. It just makes you look more important. It's about a big book. So anyway, uh, and, and that's the other thing I would uh, highly recommend for, for Kevin, that you, you join these groups so that you can talk. You've done a lot of study in this area and have a lot of understanding. And uh, so I would think everybody should, should study together. You don't have to do it with a whole group of people. Two people can get together and study a particular book. And we have several people who are studying uh, together that way. And it's very helpful to just talk uh, about the concepts. Kevin Bowing. Kevin. I have a question about uh, group study. Yes. Um, in one of the sessions I attended maybe a week or two ago, there was a preamble that admonished the participants not to teach. Yes. What's the distinction between teaching and sharing insight or impressions, Bowing? Good point. So just keep it to a minimum because the idea with a study group is to help everybody study the material. And if one person starts to rise as knowing more than everybody else, uh, that doesn't work unless it's in response to someone's direct question. That keeps it in the study realm. So we all, because if you start to elevate yourself, not that you would do that, but elevate yourself ahead of others just because you know a lot uh, about the situation. It doesn't really help people who have been studying this for three weeks or three years. And then they then they start to put you in the position of being a teacher, and that doesn't allow them to study it as sangha. That's why I stay away for the first forty-five minutes because if I come in there, I'll just teach. And so I would say, you unless you unless you can't help it or anyone else, if you think you're a teacher, go ahead teach. And you'll know if you're a teacher or not if you have students. If you have no no students, and uh, and I mean literally mean that. 
So uh, a little bit, teach a little bit. And I know you're a Dar- you're a Dharma teacher yourself. So you teach you teach meditation on uh, I don't know how many venues, but I know in Susan Piper's venue, and I think that's totally appropriate. But that's the particular structure that you're teaching out of. Just like if I'm uh, I might listen to people in a book study, uh, might listen in and might not come in until later when I function as a teacher, might listen to it and think I could enter in there, but it's, it's not helpful to enter in in a situation where people are trying to understand this as a community. So, and that's uh, that's something uh, I've been uh, working with the book studies for 40 years, more than 40, trying to help people. How do you study this material without one of the people rising to the, maybe really does have an intellectual grasp and maybe more knowledge, to not not uh, come up and become a teacher. Now, if that I would say if that person continues to do that, then I'll I'll uh, set them up here in front and say, okay, teach, instead of doing it in a group that is meant to support everyone. Does that make some sense, Kevin, or am I missing your? No, that's very that's very helpful. Okay. Uh, I have another question if there's time, Bowing. There's always time. Kevin Bowing. So relatively, we often get a sense of, or I get a sense of, quote, living my life if it's going well or if there's some success. And one area that I've pursued for a long time and seem to have increasing failure is acting. And I've I remember saying to you like, well, this is stupid. I I should just quit. And you told me not to quit. So I haven't. But I wonder how, how are we helped in pursuing kind of a lost cause (laughs) bowing? So the, the lost cause part is, uh, is the imputation or the conclusion that the ego mind, which is starting to starve because it's not getting success. And I would say that, the, so on the spiritual path, that's actually just an aspect of the Dharma. This is just noticing that the ego, so it's an awareness practice about that. So it's a bigger picture rather than just the little successes or failures. And you know, uh, I, I've heard you sing, I've heard, uh, I've seen you act and everything, and it has nothing to do about, to do with your relative ability or talent. We all see people who are way at the top as far as uh, uh, knowledge, uh, expertise and, acclaim and everything who are absolute crazy insane uh, talentless people but they're somehow because causes and conditions are untraceable you cannot see why why is this person all of a sudden in charge of everything when if you listen to them talk for 15 minutes they're insane I mean, they're, they're relatively uh, i'm not saying they're insane uh, it's a psychiatrist i'm just saying that what they're doing is uh is crazy and intensely narcissistic and self-serving so, but that, that's, that's a good example of dependent origination. You cannot control this, but you can see what it is. And that's why I say, don't get rid of your, of, of your, uh, uh, of your projects based on uh, failure or whatever, just like you shouldn't congratulate yourself if you have success, just be successful. So it's, it's a very interesting area. I'm happy to talk further with about that. Give me a talk title that brings that in and I'll give a talk on it based on everything I don't know. Kevin Bowing, so is there also an aspect that uh, if it seems like a failure, 
ego at least is getting the credential of being the one who quit and cut losses bowing well said no just stay there let the damn thing quit you you don't have to do anything you just continue to act you have an agent and you you do acting you know you might you know two more years you might become incredibly famous make a lot of money and and, and help me build another monastery I'm going to buy you that dentist's office. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need the dentist too, though, with these. So I might have to leave the dentist in. Uh, Kevin is alluding to the dentist office next door, which we look over at enviously. It's a big building. So I guess we're far enough along that we can close unless there's one final one. Anyone have a question that they want me to respond to? Okay, thank you so much. Be the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.